0: Galaxy 666 by Pell Toro. Session 70.
1: This crazy galaxy is the price that the universe pays for order. 666, eh? By the seven green moons, it was well numbered. There's something strangely capricious about this place. Just as our universe is a motivated universe, this one is motiveless. The real universe, the universe to which we belong, has purpose. This is purposeless. Our universe is straightforward. This one is whimsical, fanciful, and fantastic. This is a temperamental galaxy. A hysterical galaxy. A mad galaxy. This is an insane, freakish, wanton, erratic, inconsistent galaxy. It's a completely unreasonable galaxy. It's undisciplined, refractory, uncertain, and unpredictable. It's a volatile galaxy. A mercurial galaxy. He turned round and shouted up the air of it. It's a frivolous galaxy! It's inconsistent and inconstant! It's variable! It's unstable!
0: It's irresponsible and unreliable! He suddenly collapsed on the floor of the alien ship, his arms across his face.
1: This is a playful galaxy! He sobbed. And we are the toys with which it plays!
0: Ishklan Korzak helped Oski back to his feet. They could still hear Bronit's shrieks and cries coming down the air vent. The ship itself was performing the most fantastic set of movements and motions that could ever be imagined, and could scarcely be described. It was not still for a second. Aliens and humanoids together were being thrown and rolled this way and that. It seemed that the end of all things, as far as they were concerned, was only a few seconds away. Yet, incredibly, they lived through all those wild gyrations and erratic movements. This way and that, the ship rolled and swayed. There was absolutely no pattern whatever in the movement that it was undergoing. It was a mortifying experience, to put it mildly. Ishclaw's head came into contact with something singularly hard, and consciousness floated from him. Korzak found himself buried under a stifling pile of aliens, and consciousness left him. Oski was the last of the humanoids to succumb to the violent shaking and rolling of the ship. Now she was rolling, now she was plunging, and now she was doing a peculiar circumnavigational movement of her own. A second later, she spun on her axis, now she was rotating madly in the opposite direction, Now, as the wild man in the control room flung his arms irresponsibly to and fro, the ship fluctuated and oscillated. Her velocity increased and then slowed again. For a few seconds there was a uniform regular motion, and then the continuity was broken. Now there was a rhythmic, recurring movement. The next second, the curiosity had been lost. The ship leapt as though in wild pursuit of something, and then its pace slowed again. It was as though they were in some strange astral current, a flow, a flux, a space drift. They altered course. Their career took them closer to the apocryphal planet, and then farther away. They were dancing, sliding, gliding, skating, maneuvering. At first the motion was progressive. Then it became regressive. It was a transitional, shifting motion. The ship had become an unquiet, mercurial dart. They were fluttering and waving like a tattered flag. Now, as most of her impetus left her, the alien vessel seemed to be shuffling and wobbling through space. Then, quite suddenly... Everything was peace and stillness. Everything was rest. Nothing was moving at all. Where there had been roughness, there was now smoothness. Everything was as soft and silky as satin or velvet. They seemed to be lying on Swansdown. Slowly Ishkla and Korzak recovered consciousness. Oski and some of the aliens were also waking up. Suddenly Bronit's voice came through the ventilator, quite sane, quite sober, quite normal. Bronit's own voice.
1: Everybody okay
0: down there? Ishclaw got to the orifice first. Yes, we're all right, as far as I know. Battered, but alive. Then we were right, said Bronit. By the
1: seven green moons,
0: we were right. There was a long, thoughtful pause. One of the aliens got to its pseudopod and touched Ishclaw. Tell the man Bronit that he has saved us all. We will work out a course to the nearest planet of your Empire and deliver you there safely, as we promised. A small, strange ship landed on a provincial planet on the edge of Galaxy 665, under cover of darkness. Four men climbed out. The alien took off. Four men found a road and stopped the first hovercar that sped along it. They found themselves back in Empire Civilization waiting for a ship to take them back to their own homeworld, the world where Ishkla and Korzak worked on the great computer, the world from which the great adventure had begun. Bronit had solved the problem of the apocryphal galaxy, but the strange, enigmatical nexus between Korzak and Ishkla remained as enigmatical as ever. Lord,
1: Here ends
0: Galaxy 666.